Michael Osterling here with Roger Gordon. He is the co-founder and trail boss of Food Cowboy, foodcowboy.com. How you doing, Roger? Uh, great. Happy to be here. How are you? That's uh, great. Good to have you here. Thank you. Uh, before we get into Food Cowboy, foodcowboy.com, tell us a little bit about yourself, your education, what you did prior to Food Cowboy, and what led you to great Food Cowboy. Oh, great, great. Um, let's see. Uh, originally from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, my brother's a trucker, and uh, for the last... 20, 30 years, whenever he's had food to, that he's had to get off the truck and he didn't want to throw it away, of course, he'd call me and I usually had a desk job and uh, before cell phones and the internet, you had to go pick up the phone and call, call, call. And uh, a couple years ago, I was studying for the bar exam and he was calling and his friends were calling and you know, I said, hey, you know, you guys are calling me from phones that are basically computers, right? So why don't you do it yourself? So we put together an app that any trucker in North America can use, tell us what he or she has on the truck to, to, to get off the truck, you know, spoiled or out of temp or just fell, fall, fell over. Um, and we can query through email and text a uh, food bank or food pantry uh, or a warehouse that's willing to hold it for the food bank or food pantry and uh, basically negotiate the deal right online so they, they don't have to throw away the food. So, so technology to reduce towards zero food waste uh -huh. and, and increase the availability of food for uh, food banks and other such nonprofits that are seeking to provide food to the hungry. That's right. That's right. Cool. So uh, walk us through this process. So your brother uses his app. Walk us through like what happens through that process. Okay. So uh, food gets delivered, produce gets delivered between 1 and 8 o'clock in the morning and then the truck has to get back on the road and make the next stop while avoiding traffic so they don't have a lot of time when things go wrong. The wholesaler that rejected the, the refused the delivery doesn't have a lot of space or time to, to, to either. So uh, the trucker or the grower will enter the quantity of food, the type of food, its condition, uh, meaning why it was refused, its uh, shelf life and uh, packaging They'll tell us whether or not you need a forklift to get it off. And we will try to match it with a warehouse or a food bank or a food pantry. And we ask them things like, do you have a loading dock? Do you have a forklift? Can we turn your, our truck around in your yard? And when we say truck, we mean a 53-foot trailer attached to a big rig. Because uh, once we had to back out half a mile down a one-lane road, one lane road, yeah. Um, so these, these are the reasons why truckers and growers don't donate food because they can't afford to be in that situation. So we do that legwork up front, kind of put the intelligence into an app, and uh, there you go. So you're trying to solve a problem called food waste and also serving food to people who are hungry. Let's talk about food waste. What, what are the numbers around food waste? So 44 million tons of food, including about 3 million tons of fresh produce, goes to waste in the supply chain. So before it gets to a retailer every year. Um, if you put all that food into a big rig, trailers, and stack those trailers on top of each other, they would reach 5,000 miles into outer space. Which, and to give you some perspective, the, the International Space Station only travels at 300 miles above the Earth. So we waste a lot of food. In fact, food companies waste more food in 19 days than they donate to food banks all year. And unfortunately, there's some very good logistical and economic reasons for that. Talk about the uh, logistical and economic reasons and how you are trying to work around them and change the incentive system. 
So we, we talked about the logistics of, of getting the food to a food bank. Food banks also have a problem in getting food to their pantries. Food banks are basically giant warehouses. There's about 300 of them in the country. And they each serve between 300 and 600 smaller pantries and soup kitchens. When a food bank gets a donation, it has to break bulk and then redistribute it to pantries that sometimes are only open four days a week, uh, that don't have any cooler capacity, that you can't get a big truck into, uh, and sometimes are still working by phone and fax. So as a result of food banks, it's not unusual for them to have to throw away a good you know, 10, 15 percent of the fresh produce that's, that they purchased or was donated to them because of those concerns. So to, to get around it, we not only have to make it more efficient for food donors to work with food banks, we also need to give food banks the, the resources to give to their pantries to, 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 to overcome this problem. And that's that part of the problem has now partially been solved by some legislation that's now law. Can you talk about first the first law that was passed decades ago, uh -huh. and then now the re new reform measure that was recently passed? Sure. So uh, it used to be that if you if a company donates to a charity, they can only write off their costs. The effect of that is to make it a wash. It doesn't make any difference whether you throw it away or give it to a charity. And as we said, it's easy to throw it away. So 20 years ago. Uh, Congress changed the tax bill. It's now Section 170E3C of the tax code that says you can also deduct from your taxable income half your lost profits. And for fresh produce, which has a good margin on it, you know those profits can be significant. So that that should be the economic driver for funding a lot of these changes and incenting the different parties to work differently. But unfortunately, there's a lot of problems with those laws. Uh, they they weren't permanent. They didn't permanently apply to all taxpayers. Uh, they had a low cap on them, uh, a few other things that just made it difficult to convince people to do things differently. But it's been changed now. It has been changed of Jan as of January 1st. So what, what Speaker Ryan did with this uh, last uh, omnibus uh, budget was pull in some legislation by Congressman Ross of New York, or I think it was Sartre Reed of New York. and. Uh, it, it fixed a lot of the holes. In fact, it made it really, really streamlined. It also increased the incentive to growers uh, to donate fresh produce. And so now it's about three times more, uh, I don't want to say profitable, but there's a th the benefit is, is tripled for growers. And remember, the growers are the party that owns title to fresh produce almost up to the point where the retailer takes it. So it, they had they were the, they were the, 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 the log jam. And so... Uh, the, 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 we calculated the benefit now. If, if, we were, if we donated all the food that could be donated, the, the food industry could reduce its taxable income, its tax basis, by $6 billion. Wow. Right. The problem is today they can't do that because of the logistics problems. So You helped solve that problem. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's funny. We, we, had a, we, we have one of our advisors are now... Uh, a guy on the board of Food Cowboy Foundation. His name's uh, General Mike Mulqueen. He says call him Mike, but we never do. Um, he's a retired Marine Corps one-star, and he ran a provisioning battalion in, ok in Okinawa, and then he retired and went to work for the F Chicago Food Bank. They knew what they had, so they made him a, a, the executive director. He changed the way they do business, and he's been really good to us and, and gives us a lot of advice. And he says, you know, logistics is not about not about uh, apps. Or technology, or even trucks. It's about culture, and changing culture takes time, and that takes money. Uh, 
So what we said is, look, we're going, we figure we can get 15% of the produce and about 7% of the shelf-stable goods donated with, with, with achievable effort in the next five years. If we do that, we reduce the industry's tax basis by $500 million a year. We charge 15% of that benefit, and two-thirds of it, 10%, or $50 million a year, goes to Food Cowboy Foundation. And it's used for two things. It's used to pay the cost of transferring, hold, storing and transferring the food, so uh, it can actually get to the charities. It also pays the charities to increase their capacity. Transportation, storage, redistribution. And so it's, uh, you know, we're not going to be up to speed uh, quickly, but over time we should have you know, a significant amount of money to restructure uh, the food charity sector. That's fantastic. You also have another project which is going to require consumer pressure. Right. Talk a little bit about that. Right. So in a very complex problem like this, there's no first mover advantage to solving it. You can't be the one grower, the one trucker, the one warehouse that does things differently. Uh, in fact, you'll get cut out of the system because it'll be too hard to work with you. So we need everyone to sort of switch at the same time. It's like if we decided that uh, driving on the wrong side of the road like the British do was a good thing. It's a great idea, right? It saves money, saves gas, saves lives, whatever. But how do you do it? So you've got to get everybody on board and educated, and then you've got to make the switch. So we want consumers, so we developed this thing called the No Waste Promise Alliance, and you can read about it on our website. And what it does is it allows consumers to support businesses that are changing the way they do business and are preparing to do more. When you, when you buy food uh, from your cafeteria or supermarket, uh, farmer's market, wherever, and you see the no waste promise seal, you know that there is a party that you should support because they see things the way you do, that food should not go to waste in a country so rich as this. So we want to turn people into activists. So how, how would someone listening to this help get your seal into grocery stores and farmers markets and restaurants or where else they might be useful? Two things. Um, they can go to their the, the website of their local retailer or restaurant and uh, ask them if they're part of the No Waste uh, Alliance and send them a link to our site. Um, they can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter because uh, you know that's the way that's what what businesses look at these days. You know that that is uh, an important part of the change now is that people put their hand up and say, "Hey, we want to do things our way." So uh, you're educating consumers, utilizing market forces to reduce food waste, mm -hmm. uh, create sustainability in the process, mm -hmm. and uh, provide food for those who are hungry. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's changing. We've kind of institutionalized things the wrong way. Right? We, we've developed separate silos for feeding people who can afford to pay for their food and those who can't. And we've, we've defined uh, hunger and waste as the same thing, although they're very different things. And we've defined hunger as uh, a disease instead of what it is, which is a symptom. Uh, say more uh, about hunger being a symptom. So, so in the developed world, where food is abundant, when people are hungry, it's usually hung, their hunger is usually comorbid. It's, it's, it goes hand in hand 
with an underlying problem. Uh, my partner, uh, Barbara Cohen, uh, is the, uh, the PhD who wrote the USDA's Community Hunger Toolkit. Mm. And she says, you know, you've got to look through hunger and see what the cause is. Uh, sometimes it's a veteran who's just returned and, and, and left the service and is between jobs. Sometimes it's a woman who is uh, the victim of domestic violence and is living in a car with her kids. And so the issue there is you've got to feed her, you know, you've got to address the underlying issue. Um, it's systemic hunger is also not always what it appears to be. So schizophrenics on the street or people with substance abuse and living on the street for many years, they've learned where to get food, right? They've learned how to store food. Um, they know when they're hungry what to do. Uh, in fact, when you hand them a, a doggy bag of food, oftentimes if they're mentally ill, they won't eat it because they, they don't want uh, to, to touch food or eat food that's been touched by other people. Mm. Right. So, and, and the thing is, the food charities know all this. They, they know it. They just don't have the money to, uh, to do things differently. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame because we, we have the money in the food. So we just need the, to use it the right way and have the willingness to use it the right way. Uh, you guys recently released a report. Tell us about the report. It's called, the, uh, it's called Endgame for Food Waste, and it lays out a strategy for ending food waste as we know it by giving it to people in need, by composting, by turning it into methane, by reprocessing it. Um, there's a, there's a, you know, there are companies that retrieve uh, kale and make kale chips and they their dryers are powered by uh, methane just generated by other food that they can't use that they put into an anaerobic digester there's a great company called growing soul based here right in montgomery county right nearby mm -hmm. dc uh, that has all sorts of ideas but uh, you need money too so if people go visit your website, foodcowboy.com, besides the report you just mentioned, what else will they find there? Uh, inf information for food donors on how to donate food safely and how to use our system uh, and about the tax benefits. Information from charities, for charities about how to get food through our system and information uh, for consumers about the No uh, Waste Promise Alliance. Fantastic. Social media, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we were on, we're on all of those. Uh, we could use a lot of help. There are a lot of bloggers out there. Uh, we'd love to uh, work with you. Uh, social media is not one of our core competencies yet. <laughs> you know, we've got we know how to move food. We know a lot about hunger policy, but uh, social media is is still a something that we need partners on. So if you're a food blogger. If you uh, if you know something about composting and, and uh, uh, reprocessing food, please get in touch with us. And uh, your Twitter is at Food Cowboy? At Food Cowboy. And our Facebook is Food Cowboy. Uh, uh, and the website is foodcowboy.com. Great. Well, Roger Gordon, co-founder and trail boss of foodcowboy.com. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you.